1: Welcome into the Seminole, When I'm calling the Seminole Softball Rap Podcast. It's a, a, I'll call it a Tomahawk Nation first. And I haven't been around long enough to say whether or not that's even true, but we're going with it. Brian Peller in here hosting with, uh, you know, her as the softball guru, I think, for Florida State that exists on Twitter and anywhere else you can find her. We're excited to launch it. And, and I know, Gwen, I see your smile. I think you're pretty excited too. It's, we're going to try and do this every couple of weeks, but it's it's a softball podcast. Gwen, welcome in. Excited to have uh, have this going with you, and hopefully this time we can make it a, long, a long-term a long thing.
2: Yeah, it kind of sucked that last season. We did it towards the tail end and an unfortunate end to the season.
1: Yeah, I think we did an ACC preview and then a regional preview and then Not a <laughs> fun year that was had by all <laughs> those things. Uh, so this year, we'll start a little sooner. Unfortunately, we were supposed to start last week, but... Um, <clears throat> to be honest with you all, I went to Mardi Gras and uh, your boy lost his voice, was sick and had nothing left in his voice. So apologies to Gwen. She was ready to go a week ago. And I, I was just yes, like,
2: guys, yeah. I not get to go to Mardi Gras.
1: Well, there you go. Yeah, that's it's it's, uh, you know, the New Orleans guy's got to go back and make a fool of himself every year. But uh, we, we're going to talk Florida State softball. Uh, the goal is every other week. Um, you know, obviously, life is going to possibly get in the way here and there. But we're going to do our best to make sure you get something every other week. Uh, whether it's interviews, post-game recaps, or, or, or something fun. I think this will be the general format. Gwen and I just kind of discussing what's happened, what hasn't happened, um, and what's next. And I, I think the easiest way to start this as episode one is what's been happening. I know our goal was to do it after the the uh, St. Pete Clearwater. Is it invitational, I think, is what they're going with over here in my area in Tampa Bay region. Um, so far, I think, Gwen, you and I were talking about it beforehand. It's been a... Okay, start to the year, three weeks in now, they started on the 9th, it's the 26th as we record this, Uh, entered last week number 6, they're 15-3, and wins over three ranked teams, Arizona, Arkansas, ULL, losses to Longwood, number 2 UCLA, and well, I guess they were number 1 just a minute ago, but they were number 2 when they played, whatever, and uh, number 12 Alabama. Nothing, I think, that feels overly terrible, but nothing that I think makes you feel overly great. I think kind of treading water with what our expectations were.
2: Yeah, I I feel like I had a little bit higher expectations going into the season. And then collectively, everyone's expectations died a little bit when we lost to Longwood. But I still think there's a great outcome. It's still just February. It's not even March yet. So definitely no cause for concern in my eyes.
1: Yeah. I think when I went through the schedule to look at it earlier, I saw a loss to Longwood and I was like, Ew. I was like, Oh, okay. Well then maybe not <clears> that right? great. And then I looked, started looking at the numbers and rankings and I was like, no, this is still a really good team. I recognize a lot of the names. I, I, you know, looking through stat wise, um, you know, they do look mostly middle of the pack and everything they're slugging. The ball seems to be the one thing, but then like you look at slugging percentage, like I said, is really high, but you look at their runs isn't very high. Yeah. Um, It just feels like, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's kind of the way to put it is not terrible, not bad, which I guess you don't really want to peak in February.
2: Yeah, that's true. I feel like our offense is probably our strongest suit right now. Like you would think pitching would be because we have seven different pitchers and obviously Kat Sandercock back. But I do feel like pitching is probably the weakest point right now. And hitting isn't that much stronger, but it's definitely the strongest point.
1: Well, I guess we can break kind of look line up by line or line up by line up or, or kind of side of the ball here on, on on each end. I I think it probably makes sense to start in the circle with, with Captain Sandercock and and the rest of that uh, group there. I, I looking through earlier it looks like they they're trying a lot of arms or have a lot of arms. I, I guess how does that how is that really working out for them?
2: I It's an interesting position to be in, probably if you're Coach Alameda, because you've never really had seven arms before. Like you've probably had three at best. Um, And I right now, like we see this with the batting order, as well as the pitching lineup. Like she's not afraid to take anyone out. Like there was a game Mac started. I believe it was the UCLA game. Mac was on fire in the circle and she only lasted like four innings um, before Coach Alameda took her out for I don't remember who came in after her. I think it was Emma Wilson for a batter. Um, and then Kat after that, but yeah, I just, we're really trying our arms. Like we're really trying to see what works where and what doesn't, um, Kat Sandercock has gotten hit around a little bit. Her, her, her ERA is a little bit elevated at a shocking 1.72, but for her, <laughs> it's pretty shocking. I, if I were her, I would probably want to see that down to like maybe 1.5 or a little bit lower, but she's, doing as well as she can be for the ace. Um I have been really like honestly blown out of the water by McKenna Reed who's a freshman left-hander. Um our left-handed pitching is back apparently with McKenna Reed. She is just outstanding. I'm honestly surprised by her 1.47 ERA. That's a lot higher than I expected it to be, but she's absolutely killing it.
1: Yeah, and she's got 19 innings pitched, 34 strikeouts, um uh, mm-hmm. and in just those nine appearances and she's she hasn't actually gotten a start. There's there's between cat after cat. There's uh, and I might butcher a name here, so everyone just hang with me. This is Brian winging it on the fly, just trying to keep up with Gwen. Uh, so you mentioned Cat Sandercock, obviously the leader there. You Allison Royalty, Maddie Bach, Ali Dubois. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, nailed it, bang. Uh, and Mac all got Mac Leonard all have starts. Um, yeah. Is that them? You mentioned that you know uh, they had the game where where Maddie was on fire and she got pulled. Are you looking at that as are they mixing arms? I mean, this is something you—you, you, I guess, you get a luxury of if you're a team that is expected to do so well, and you know you have a rock, um, where you can kind of play with it early in the year. Are you thinking they're trying to just get experience and mixing and matching, like you said, to get to see what fits? But I guess also to see. Um, I mean, that's really it. See who fits.
2: Yeah, Coach Alameda. I I agree with that, Coach Alameda. When they were in Clearwater, a lot of her in-game interviews were her saying like this is experience for our team. Like we want them to go out there and have fun, enjoy the moment and be in those big moments, you know, playing against UCLA, Arkansas, Arizona. Um, It is kind of disappointing from a fan perspective. Sometimes when just a few days ago, Allie Dubois was playing against, I think Lamar and she was going six innings. Like she had not given up a hit since the first inning. And then she was taken out in the seventh inning. So like that kind of stuff is a little bit disappointing to see. Um, and especially that one game I mentioned with Mac going four innings, pitching really good and then being taken out. So if you're a fan, I can understand, like, that's really disappointing to see because um, you want Mac to go those longer innings. But, yeah, right now it's just mix and match and kind of seeing what works best. And, you know, when a pitcher gets hit, hit around a little bit, like we have the luxury of taking them out for someone different.
1: Yeah, that Clearwater tournament is is a fun one because it's so many strong programs that you're playing. I think they only actually played twice on was it Sun just Sunday? Did they play twice any other day? Yeah. I, I'm trying to remember looking at it's the schedule. Sunday, yeah. Um, but you know, it it does feel I don't want to say uh, uh Oklahoma City like, but but I think that's kind of maybe what they're going for, right? That that seems to be what this early season has early season schedule is kind of set up as, right? That seems mm-hmm. to be the way they're playing it.
2: Yeah, I think Clearwater, there's another tournament out in California, the Mary Nutter. We've gone out there a few times in the past, but Nothing, in my opinion, can live up to what Clearwater is. Like, it's a small environment. Like, the park is pretty small and just the ranked competition that goes down there. Like, you obviously have a lot of northern teams that can't really play right now, so they come down to Florida in these areas to get these big competitions and an environment that they can play in.
1: Yeah, and then and, and it's, you know, the experience is, is pretty unmatched, especially those ranked teams. I know I saw UCLA. Was it UCLA and Oklahoma played today? I think Oklahoma smoked. Oh, yeah.
2: Oklahoma won 14 to nothing against you.
1: Yeah, I I was looking at it and I was like, man, UCLA looks pretty good. And then I I was flipping through the channels and I was like, oh, oh, okay." Well, I didn't expect to see that number. But again, uh, Oklahoma seems to be that team again, as they tend to be. Um, (laughs) Switching over uh, to the offensive side again, I know we talked about it. It doesn't seem like they have a ton. Um brewing like i i mean just looking at, at a stat line I, I you know you see it, a bunch in double digit rbis a bunch in uh three four or five homers but but uh, it feels like there's not maybe a one big punch kind what of do, what do you see in the lineup
2: yeah i think we're all they're all pretty evenly matched right now i obviously the stats show it but katie Dak is the leading home run hitter by i think two home runs no one um janai kerr which i'm very pleasantly surprised by her this season, um but Katie Dak is leading in the home run category, and that's pretty much what I expected out of Katie Dak. Like her coming over from Texas A&M, like she was a huge power bat for them last season. um So I think right now, even though the stats don't really show it, I think Katie Janai and a little bit of Kaylee Harding are leading the way in terms of batting.
1: Is there are there are there spots that you think are just kind of off to a slow start? Maybe uh, you know a Mac Leonard or. Um... Anybody maybe in the lineup that seems to be just kind of struggling to start?
2: I think Mac is definitely one. Um, Michaela Edenfield, too. Like she kind of got in a little bit of a hole at the end of last season, like going into ACC playing a little bit after. Um, and I think that's kind of where she's at right now. She was actually taken out of the lineup a couple different games this past week. Um, and I believe for that reason um she was just too much of a strikeout liability in really big spots to keep her in there so i understand that but i think yeah mac she had a good first two weeks um right now i feel like she is going into a little bit of a hitting hole um but i mean she's still sitting at 286 so
1: yeah and that's the funny thing it, it, you look up and you're like ah kind of struggling Oh, 286 it's still it's still you know nothing terrible um, when you look around, is there anyone, I mean, you mentioned, um, Jani is a surprise for you. Is there anyone else that, that stood out as a surprise?
0: Um,
2: not really. I'm not really entirely surprised by Janai Kerr. I feel like the Janai Kerr that we're seeing right now is who she was supposed to be her freshman year before she got injured. Um, and Hallie Wakehaser, I've been really happy to see like break out of that hole. She was kind of getting on the scene a little bit last year, but now that she's, I've, in more consistent in the lineup, she's batting 366. Um, and she has a good seven RBI. She hasn't gotten a home run yet. And I know she can hit for that power. She has seven doubles. So it's just a matter of time before she gets out of the park.
1: Yeah. It just needs a little, a little more oomph on one of those and then just add it to the stat total. Um, yeah. in terms of, of the way this team seems to have started it's spring, uh, they're in spring now. Well, we're not spring you now, but you know what I mean? Spring yeah. semester. But um, obviously we talked about it a little bit earlier. The the disappointment in the ending last year. Um, anything in the way this team prepared in the fall or, or you've seen so far, kind of where they're at mentally in, in preparing for the way this year kind of. I mean, they come in with expectations, a team kind of expected to make it to the world curls, the college world series again. Kind of where are they at mentally? Or are you from what you can hear and hear in their fumbling words hearing what they're saying.
2: Yeah, I do know that I've heard, I've heard this from a couple, I've heard this from Kocha as well as a few different players, like starting off the fall semester, I don't know if it was freshman too, but the returners watched those games that, you know, the last game Mississippi state in the last few games in that regional, where they would just like, did not play to the best of their ability. And they like, it was a high emotional moment for them. And they, you know, had to come back from that and relive that pain. You know, we lost Sydney Cheryl, and Danielle Watson because of it. Um, and it's just how to manage that kind of expectation for next year, like obviously this year and just what went wrong and how they need to rebuild on it.
1: Yeah. And I feel like we see that a lot where there's a team uh, that experiences that type of disappointment. Um, and if you can return a lot of, especially your leaders, but a lot of your players and overall, that ends up being a huge motivating factor and can be what pushes you to be just a little bit better, just that much better. And, um, you know, I mean, we mentioned it's maybe not the the perfect start to the season, but, um, if they're figuring out things and working on bonding as a team and understanding each other's, uh, abilities. Maybe that's just slightly the difference when when the time comes, when that postseason run comes.
2: Yeah, I do know, um, going back to Katie Dax, she has only been on campus since January. So before this, she was at Texas AM still and back home in Colorado. And they've talked about this on the TV broadcast a lot. But, like, she's obviously the newest person on the team. And it to the team, it feels like she's been there the entire time. And, like, she hasn't really miss, missed a beat. And that's because – her as well as the team and the coaches like put in that work to get to know each other so that when she's in these situations where she needs to come up big for her team, which she has already, like she's prepared and that her team trusts her to do that.
1: Yeah. That's, that's uh, uh, impressive to come in that late and be able to turn that around that quickly. Um, I feel for her having to leave. I mean, our, our congratulations to her for getting to leave Texas A&M. That's awesome. Um, my sister went there and my brother-in-law. So it's just a deep joke at them that they'll never, ever hear. Um, <laughs> Regardless, looking ahead in in the season, um, they've got another series here this weekend. It it looks like their turn to host another one of these tournaments. They're calling it, what I got it, the Dugout Club Classic. I will look it up. Uh, UMass, Colgate, Georgia Southern, Colgate again, Georgia Southern again. Another one of these kind of rotating tournament-type things. Um, Anything stand out? Do you know anything on any of these teams? Is there anything to watch for, you're concerned with, any of that sort of stuff?
2: I... Out of these three teams, I haven't done my, like, weekly research on them yet, but just from what I know about these three teams, they're not, like, the best. Um, UMass historically hasn't been that good um, since, like, the early 2000s. I, I think our biggest competition is Georgia Southern. Um, actually, fun fact, Georgia Southern is the third team um, that we're facing in the last, like, two weeks that have an FSU transfer on their roster. Um, Troy was one and then North Florida was another, which I just think that's a little interesting fact. But um yeah, Georgia Southern is probably our biggest competition. But with the way that this last weekend turned out, like yes, we won all games that we played, like four or whatever. Um there were times when you're like, I don't know if they're gonna win this. Um, just because like they let the first team the other team score first and like they have that lead for most of the game. We have to come back. Or we have a certain lead and we let them chip into it to where it's like one or two runs. Um, So I hope that we don't play down to these these competitors. I feel like that's a little bit of what happened these last couple of weeks. But I think UMass Colgate and Georgia Southern are good teams to get quality runs in and like get good wins.
1: Yeah, get the confidence flowing, feel strong before you end up next weekend heading to Oklahoma State and then match up with Oklahoma right thereafter. Obviously, that's a big weekend. Um, I don't want to look too far ahead, but we are doing every other week. So that would probably hit every other week. Yeah, that would be every other week for us. So uh, do you know anything about Oklahoma State off the top of your head? We didn't talk about talking about this in advance, so I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, currently listed number four team in the country.
2: Yeah, Oklahoma State was also in Clearwater, and they were, I think, one of two teams with UCLA where they left Clearwater undefeated. Um, They had a really absolutely wild game with Virginia Tech one morning, um, and they were just trading home runs. I think like all their runs came off the home run ball. Um, But I think their pitching staff has gotten a little bit deeper. They obviously have Kelly Maxwell, who's been their ace, um, and they brought over an Alabama transfer in uh, Lexi Kilfoyle. But Obviously, for Oklahoma State, the last couple couple of years, like their game is bringing in transfers. Obviously, Lexi Kilfoyle from Alabama for their pitching staff, which I think really helps it um, outside of Kelly Maxwell. um, They have, I believe, 17 or 14 newcomers overall, including freshmen. So like that's an insane amount of people. Um, But Rachel Becker is the Purdue transfer who is holding it down in second base and she's leading um, their team in batting average. I believe she leads off. Um, in their batting order. So she's a really solid person for them to have at the top of their lineup. And if you're FSU going into that game, like obviously you can't really sleep on any leadoff hitter, but I think Rachel Becker is especially dangerous. Um, and they have a, a freshman, Talon Edwards, who's sitting right behind her in terms of batting average. Um, but they also bring in Megan Bloodworth, um, from Alabama. She was a freshman last year. She transferred over with like C. Kilfoyle. Um, She's sneaky good. She help hold, she holds down third base and she's like I don't know if she has an error on the season at third base. So defensively Megan Bloodworth is like really good.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned their their ability to score, so I pulled up their their schedule and just uh from Clearwater, starting in Clearwater, it's 8-0, 10-0, 10-9, 12-2, 15-6, 12-1. Yeah.
2: There's one three
1: one in here, but 11-10, 13-0, and 10-6. That's double digits in, I uh, think, every game but two. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the other one, one of them was a eight zero run rule. So, yeah, they can score. They can score a whole lot.
2: Yeah, and I think – I don't know which game it was, but in Clearwater, they had like two grand slams in the same game. Um, And one of those is like Kylie Naomi. She, I don't know if she's leading them in home runs. I'd have to check. Um, She is leading them in home runs with five, Um, but she's definitely the biggest threat for the long ball. And she's just, she's been there forever. I believe she's super senior. So.
1: trying to see if I can quickly Google these grand slams, but I couldn't get it. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I, they do have an interesting setup here, as you mentioned the the chance to kind of I don't want to say get right this weekend, but but to kind of yeah. pad some wins and, and really do that find find the groove, find the uh, I mean it's it's hard to say that when they're what fifteen and three I think I said or, or, yeah. or I mean it's hard to make it sound like they're doing poorly, but I think it's just uh, finding maybe a little bit more of a dominant type approach to the game whatever that may be um, yeah. A, couple, a weekend here to do that and then hit, hit the road and face a really tough team in Oklahoma state and then uh, follow up with a game against Oklahoma. I, I, it's a, certainly a fun stretch coming up here in terms of uh, non-conference opponents. Anything else uh, on softball topic you want to mention?
2: Um, I just, I think the team, if you're watching any of the games, you've obviously seen that the lineup has been different practically for every game. Um, and that like obviously goes along with who's playing where defensively. And I, I will say, I think Christina Hartley is our best third baseman right now. Um, Katie, D- I don't know if Katie Dax gotten that time yet, but she can be in third base. Um, but a freshman, Avery, Avery Wisebrook and Kaylee Harding have both been over at third base. Um, I think Christina Hartley is our best chance over at third base for the defensive side of the ball. Um, and it's just kind of plugging and playing from there a little bit, but. I'm pleasantly surprised with Christina Hartley overall. I believe she got her first home run in Clearwater of her career. So I think Christina, as well as Hallie Wacaser, are two players I would look out for um, just in terms of, you know, they're more experienced now. They haven't really got the opportunities in the past, but this is their year to get those opportunities.
1: Oh, well, and uh, more to watch for. Uh, Gwen, I appreciate the time. And obviously I'm going to try and as we go through the season, Listening to you, I'll get smarter and, and obviously following you on Twitter, which is, what's the handle?
2: It's at OKGwen, okay, O-K-A-Y-G-W-Y-N.
1: So go ahead and follow Gwen. I'm already there, and you. Th- I think everyone could, uh, you'll get the occasional lightning and, and uh, other FSU sport tweets, but it's largely softball and, and all those sort of things. Uh, and obviously, again, I'll make this not interviewing Gwen for 20 minutes as we go along the season where I, pick up things and, and get smarter. things to you. Uh, while we're here, have you, you, we talked about it a little bit beforehand. We're both going to see Taylor Swift this spring. So that'll be a thread I'm sure between now and then <laughs> have you decided on an outfit for the concerts? Because my wife has done nothing but spend, I think every waking moment since she got that deciding on which era she's going for. Have you figured that out? Do you know what you're going for?
2: I don't. My favorite album is speak now. So maybe I need to go around speak now. Um, okay. But usually I'm pretty good at getting outfits prepared ahead of time. When I went to go see Harry Styles in August, I was planning months before. I was like, this has to be my best outfit I've ever worn ever. <laughs> um, so I need to start thinking about that.
1: Yeah, I was going to say we were we were spent we spent this weekend ordering ordering me outfits because she had already figured out. Her, <laughs> so it's uh, just like, well, you've got to try on this. We got it. So, so stay tuned over the next few months as we try to decide what it is that we'll be doing. I'm a red guy. So okay. that's that. Uh, and you get to hear our Taylor Swift takes and maybe we'll get into some lightning as the playoffs for that approach too, as that'll be our, our, our way to not just talk softball. The I'm very not as
2: close near- on the lightning. I will say, even no, I'm, a, that's fine. I'm not that great. With it.
1: Mm, okay. Well, never mind. We're up. <laughs> uh, but regardless, thank you all for listening. We're going to, again, I'm going to try and make this not interviewing Gwen, but again, every other, every other weeks, roughly. So uh, this will probably dropped tomorrow, the 27th. So look forward, probably again, maybe the 11th, 10th, somewhere in there um but we'll keep you updated on what's going on with fsu softball on the seminal softball rap normally i wrap, but that's a rap but i feel like that's stolen you know that's a wind up i don't know that sounds terrible yeah it's right a work things.
2: in progress it's a work yeah, in.
1: all of this is a work in progress but we'll figure it out we'll build the plane in the sky so thanks for listening everybody